Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Chaf Dalid from Seches Tainis, in the middle of the third parak. It's story time. Um, happy Zoyis Chanukah. So I am tempted because it's Zoyis Chanukah and we celebrate, amongst other things, Torah Shabbat Al Peh and Chanukah. I and Rabbeinish Ginsburg Shlita. Three lines up from the bottom, Chaf Kimelam Beis. This story, Rav Shechter told all the time. Uh, not this particular story in the Gemara, his personal story as follows. Says the Gemara, right? So Yitzchak was the Rosh Yeshiva, he had two students. They said to him, You should pray for us to become wise. Uh, I used to have this power to do it and I no longer, a couple of Pshatim uh, to what does that mean? That he no longer has the power to do that? Uh, similar story, not exactly the same, but you used to, in the olden days, Rabbi Herschel Schechter, uh, Shlita, used to go and went to the stipler. He used to sell his own sfarim, the stipler. And he went with his wife to visit Eretz Israel and to go buy his sfarim. And he gave him extra money when he bought his sfarim. The stipler wouldn't accept extra money. He said, I don't need your tzedakah. I'm working for Parnassah, I'm a, I, I sell these, that's okay. And the, he asked for bracha for children at the time, I don't think they yet had children, and they were married for a little while, and so he blessed them with children. Shechter, the Shechters have uh, quite a few children at this point, and uh, grandchildren. And then he blessed them for bracha and his learning. And the stipend said, I can't give you bracha for, for Hatzlacha and your learning. For that, you have to learn. You have to just sit and learn. That's the bracha. There's no easy magical formula where all of a sudden you're going to become a tabachacham. You have to sit and do the work, as they say. So um, similar, similar that triggered that story for me, and so we continue. Okay, so that's that's our Hanukkah Garanowitz Musar moment for those Hanukkah. Uh, Baruch Hashem, we're zocher to be here, nice and early. So here we go. Rabbi Yossi Bar Avin Hava Shchiach Kamei Rabbi Yossi Demin Yukras. Okay, we're going to have to talk about Rabbi Yossi Demin Yukras. Yossi Bar Avin used to be in his shear. Shavkev Yossi Lakamei the Ravashi, but he switched shears. He switched to Ravashi shear as we arrive at Chavdalat Amdalif. Yom Machad Shamei the Kagaris. One day, Yossi Bar Avin's here is in Ravashi shear. And Amr Shmuel, what was the shear as follows? The following, uh, this was the topic in shear. What were they learning in Ravashi? Amr Shmuel, Hashoyle Dag Minayam B'Shabbos, Kevin Shiavash Bokasel Achayev. A fascinating idea. You're taking a fish out of the sea on Shabbos. We know, as Rashi says, second line here, because we learn Masecha Shabbos on Dafayin Gimel, we learn all the all the Av Melachos. The it's interesting that one of them is Hashokto, Shechting. Right? A, we remember the uh, conversation Masecha Shabbos. What is the Melacha of Shechting? Is it, right, a uh, couple of things. Some, some said maybe it's Tzoveah, maybe, be that as it may, not to get back into that sugya, the idea of Natilas Neshama. It turns out, anytime you do Natilas Neshama, it's part of that Malacha of Shechita. So are you doing Natilas Neshama here? Maybe if you throw the, right, uh, the fish is flapping around, maybe you throw it back in the water, it will uh, revive it. So there's a shear at which point it's considered Natilas Neshama. What is that shear? A dry spot on the fish as large as a cellar. Okay? That was what they learned in Ravashi Shear. So Amalai Rubiosi Bar Oven said, Maybe you should add that it should be between the fins. Huh. 
So Ravashi said to him, Velo Savalamanda, he derb Yosi ben Rabbi Avin Amra. And he said, um, he said, why don't you say that in the name of Yossi Bar Avin? In other words, Yossi Bar Avin was like a prized Talmud. He was famous already in the base Medrash. And he was in Rav Ashi's shir saying over his own shita. Rav Ashi had heard that shita in the name of Rav Yossi Bar Avin. This is the most pushed way to understand this Gemara. But he didn't recognize that this was he. This, in other words, he knew that Rav Yossi ben Min Yukra Shear, right? Let's say you're all in the different yeshivas. He knew that Yossi ben Yukar had a famous Talmud, Yossi bar Abin. And Yossi bar Abin was known for this shita of Kevin Shiovish Bosela Chayev. And when he heard this new Talmud in his shear that he didn't recognize, say over the shita, he said to him, he reprimanded him, why didn't you say it b'shem omro? There's a concept you're supposed to, when you say something, you're supposed to say it b'shem omro. And he had assumed that if Yossi bar Abin was in the other shear that that's where he that he wasn't in that this was not Rabbi Yossi Bar Avin he did not realize in other words that Rabbi Yossi Bar Avin had switched into his shear why would he think that he would switch into his shear so he therefore said why didn't you say that in the name of Rabbi Yossi Bar Avin so Amalei Anan Nihu so Rabbi Yossi Bar Avin answered I am Rabbi Yossi Bar Avin that's why I didn't say it in my own name so Amalei so Rashi says Vilav Kamei Rabbi Yossi Ben Yukras of Shchiyachmar where aren't you in Rabbi Yossi Ben Yukras shear so Hin, yes, I was. So Amalei, so Rashi says, my time, Mar, So why did you leave Rabbi Yossi B'dimin Shir to come to my Shir? So Amalei, so Rabbi Yossi Baravin answers, Gava de Albrev Albarte Lochas. That person, meaning Rabbi Yossi Min Yukra, is not, can't have pity on his own son and daughter. How can I expect that he would take pity on me? In other words, there was a personality issue. He did not feel comfortable with his Rebbe's personality, so he switched to Ravashi Shir. He thought he could relate to him better, right? Those of us who've ever switched Shir in Yeshiva or chose even which Shir to go to in the first place, right? The decisions and the factors that go into seeing one of them being, can I relate with this, to this Rebbe? Or can I have a Kesher with this Rebbe? Now, what was he referring to? What, what happened with Rav Yossi from Yukras and his children? So uh, the story that we're about to tell are going to make him paint in a very severe light. I texted Rabbi Gross last night. Uh, the, what I wrote was, any insight uh, on the perspective of Yossi from Yukros? To which Rabbi Gross answered, He was, I guess, telling me, telling, what was he saying, Andrew? I don't know what that means. <laughs> There's no art scroll to Rabbi Gross. You should teach your tongue to know, I don't know. So is he saying like about himself that he doesn't know and he should teach? Was he telling me that I should learn to say, I don't know? Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. It's so easy when you say any of these stories, right? Or when you read the stories of Yosef and his brothers, or you read any of these stories, what did Moshe do wrong in the very beginning of Brachos? What did David and Melech or Shaul do wrong? We, our reflex is to say, well, what did these people do wrong? You know, what was wrong with them? Well, obviously, that's not what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to take the lessons that we could take from it are obvious. So we don't need to delve into what his motivation was. Let's just see if we can learn the lesson out of it as follows. Says the Gemara, Bray Mahi, what was the story concerning Yosem and Yukar's son? One day, Yosem and Yukar hired workers to work for him in the field. And Nagalahu, Veloa rifta. So really, part of their pay was supposed to be that they were supposed to get food. 
Okay, but the evening came and he had not brought anything for them to eat. So Amr Levrei, they said to his son who was hanging around the ranch, Kafinan, we are hungry. They're sitting on their fig tree that was not in season and the son, Amar, so, so we see clearly, we see clearly that um, right, we're talking about very, very holy people who have the ability to tell nature to bring forth fruit that they were not uh, yet ready to bring naturally, and they basically are able to uh, control things because they are right. Very, they have they have this uh, ruach hakodesh power, and they can tell hakodesh baruch hu, so to speak. They can ask for these kinds of supernatural favors. Anyway, so they start eating. Apiku ve'achlu. I'm sorry, that was part of his statement. He says, bring out your fruit, and my workers, my father's workers, can eat. So, sure enough, the tainim uh, blossom out of the tree and the workers eat. Meantime, at some point, dad shows up with food. And he says his reasoning why he delayed. Please don't, uh, please don't hold it against me that I didn't bring your food sooner. The reason I delayed until the evening is a mitzvah terachna. I was doing a mitzvah. And unfortunately, it took me until now to come. Okay, so he's, uh, so I'm relay. So basically what's going to come out is some of his, it sounds like some of his priorities and balance, and even whatever mitzvah this was that he was doing, right? Some of his priorities were a little bit off and that's the lesson we're supposed to learn. That we should try to always have uh, our priorities right, sort of in, in a proper perspective. Okay. Now, Amru the worker said to him, Rahman Lisbach Kihechi Dasban Brach. He says, May Hashem satisfy we should you, you should only be as satisfied as your son satisfied us. You don't have to worry. We're not hungry because your son satisfied us. Amru Mehecha, what do you mean? How did he satisfy you? There was nothing in the fridge. So Amru Hakibach gave him my son. He said, No, this is what they did. He spoke to the tree, tree brought fruit, and uh, it was amazing. So Amalo, so Rabbiosi Minyukra reprimanded his son for commanding the tree to bear fruit. You were Matriach Hashem to bring, right? You troubled Hashem to bring the fruit when it wasn't his time. Let the person be taken from the world, not in his time. In other words, the ultimate reprimand, like his son was going to be dying prematurely because he had asked Hashem, troubled him, to bring the fruit prematurely. This concept of troubling Hashem is in itself puzzling, right? It's not no biggie, right? Hashem could do it. Even while he's doing other stuff, Hashem could do it. So why is it such a trouble? Because it's not respectful, right? It's like disrespectful. We talked about this. We're learning Mazachas Titus, right? There are, there are, uh, there were great people who were able to ask Hashem, as we will see even in today's stuff, for rain. And then there's even there, there's a balance. Like, how uh, buddy buddy can you be with Hashem? And is it uh, even appropriate, even when you can ask for rain, when is it and how is it appropriate to do so? Everything in, is a balance. Goranowitz must be balanced. Okay. So that was the story with the son. What about the daughter? Barte, my he, what was the story with the daughter? Havale Barte Balas Yofi. He happened to have had a very beautiful daughter. Yomachar Chazyalahu Gavro to have a. And one day he sees somebody who wanted to look at her, so he made a hole in the fence. Oh boy, he's staring at his beautiful daughter. What's this? Rebbe, 
not a great uh, look. For example, um, on, if, if I, I would have taken it out on the guy. If somebody had put a hole in the fence and says, if I can't marry her, at least I'd like, the, the actual words are, if I can't be zochah to marry her, at least I should be zochah to see her. I don't know that I'd be able to control myself from beating up the guy, Andrew. I'm being honest. But he didn't take it on the guy for some reason. Amalai, he said to the daughter, Biti Kamitzaris, Ulebraisa, you're causing anguish to people. Shuvi lafarech, ve'ali kashlu bein b'nei adam. He says, you have to return to the dust so that you're not going to, what, be machshil, uh, mankind with your beauty. So, I don't know. I, you know what I mean? Uh, I'm, I, I, this why I, this prompted me to ask for my gross. And I didn't understand his answer, but again, it's not about Rabbi Yossi Yukur here, it's about the balance that we're supposed to strike in every aspect of our Avodah Hashem. Okay. More extraordinary stories about Rabbi Yossi. Havaleyahu Chamra, Avru Agrile Kol Yoma, you see, like he was not in this world in a way. When people will rent this donkey that he had, he had a donkey, a Chamra, when people would rent it, this was the way he used to regulate how much money he would get back. In the evening, Urta, they would send the payment on the donkey's back. He didn't have to go and get the payment. And there was something special even in the donkey, right? The way the payment would come is he would rent the donkey. The donkey you would rent, and then you'd put the rental on the donkey itself. This is kind of like the way, right, the automatic cars and scooters work today. It's self, it was a self-regulating donkey. The original, right, the original, what, what do they call those um, smart cars, I guess? The original, the original smart cars that everybody, uh, um, or, or scooters that everybody can rent, and it's self-regulating. You pay for, per usage, and you pay an exact amount. As the Gemara says, If you overpaid, right? you underpaid it, it would not move until you gave it exact change. Wow. That's quite a donkey. One day, somebody left a pair of sandals on the donkey. Right? They had an inadvertent overpayment. And literally, the donkey was so sensitive to the exact change that it would not move until those sandals were removed. And only then did it move. Amazing. So this is obviously in the schus of Rabbi Yossi ben Yukras. Okay. Uh, let's learn about somebody new. Elazar Ish Berta. And Yaakov says, this is the same uh, Elazar from Bartisa, who's mentioned in the, in the Mishnayas in Avos, uh, with regards to giving tzedakah. So Elazar Ishbirta kad havu chazulei gabay tzedakah. Whenever people would come, the gabay tzedakah would come to him, havu They would hide from him. Why? Elazar Ishbirta was so unique in his tzedakah that he always would give everything away. Like he was dangerous around Balei tzedakah because he would give it all away. They, they, um, they did tell stories about this. You've heard, if, if you ever read the stories about Shlomo Karlibach, um, one of his traits was that he was extremely, extremely giving. And so he would give, he would used to go to Russia back in the day, you know, in his heyday was the Iron Curtain was pretty strong. And he would go and just give all the sedurim, give away his tefillin, give away his clothing. And there's a story, and the kid didn't have a yarmulke, he gave away his yarmulke. And that was the story why he wasn't with the yarmulke on the plane. Because he had given it away to some Russian, basically everything he had, uh, he had uh, he he had a tendency to give because he felt that person needs it more than I do. So this was very uh, much the case of Rav Elazar Min uh, Ishburta. So it says the Everything he had, he would give. 
Yom Achad, have a solid lashuka, lemizbin, nidunya, the bar, right? So he's buying a trousseau. What's a trousseau, Andrew? I don't know. He was buying something, right, for his daughter. So, Chaziu, Gabay Tzdaka, ah, the Gabay Tzdaka say, oh, here he is, Tashimine, so they hide. Azul Verat this Halavai, we should have some sort of, uh, of this aspect where we are running after Mishulachim, right, to give them money. He said to them, hey, hey, guys, what are you collecting for? What are you collecting? Let's hear. What's the cause? Let me get involved. So I'm going to say, we're doing it for Yosem. Oh, boy. Once he heard that, <laughs> you think he's going to be able to resist giving for Yosem and Yosema? What's a greater cause than that? Oh, by the, by the, by the, uh, right, by the holy temple service, I have to say, that is more important than whatever I was going to buy for my daughter. Shakal called Avabadeh. He gave him everything he had, emptied out his pockets and gave him everything. Vyayavlahu. Gave it to them. Pashlay Chadzuza. He was left actually with one Zuz. With that one Zuz, Zavan Bechite. He bought some wheat, right? A stalk, three, four stalks of wheat. Here it doesn't mean a dog, it means a granary. Achlava. He brought it home and tossed it in his granary. Okay. I saw the Visu, his wife came and Amra she said to her daughter, My Nasuvuch, so new. What good stuff did you get from Central Avenue? To which Amrla, she said to her mother, Call I don't know what he got, but whatever he did, he threw it in the granary. So So they opened the door, and it was so filled with wheat that the wheat is coming through the hinges of the door. It's so incredibly right overblown with wheat that it was pressing against it. This was an amount of wheat that had um, accumulated and multiplied so much, it would have been impossible for him to bring this much wheat home. Obviously, some magic can happen on behalf of this great tzaddik. So, so he was already back in, in shul, right? He's already back in the base medrash by the time this wheat had grown. And so the daughter goes to the base medrash and she wants to inform her, tzad, her tzaddik father of the miracle. Come see what HaKadosh Baruch Hu had done for us. Amalai said to her, Again, by the temp- I, I, I swear, so to speak, by the temple service, or, right? Hekdesh here doesn't necessarily mean Hekdesh to the base of Mikdash. This is Zman Chorban, but it means in this context, Tzedakah, give it all to Tzedakah. And you have no more share in it than any other than any Israel. You know, perhaps again here, we have another example of, um, uh, a, a, an imbalance in a certain sense of Lazar Yishpirta certainly coming from a sense of overwhelming sense of tzedakah but again if it's at the expense of your own home um, one could say I know that uh, Malinowitz Zatzal we are learning Leila Nishmaso so his uh, his wife Tibadul Chaim right Rebetzin Malinowitz her father his name was uh, Mazer uh, Lower East Side her father the way she grew up was her father only learned 24-7, and he had no, like, basically no money. Uh, people would anonymously uh, put groceries in, their, in front of their house, and that's how they lived. Like, they would, you know, they, they lived, like, hand-to-mouth, literally, with groceries that would hand in, millennials would say, um, in front of their, uh, their uh, house. So they, they lived very much bedachkas, and um, anyway, big tzaddikim, uh, and uh, happened to be Jackie Mason's brother, but it's not for now. Okay, so Rabbi Yehuda Nesiyah, right, because he, he was Mazer. It doesn't matter. But that's, uh, that's just a fun fact. Anyway, Rabbi Yehuda Nesiyah, uh, stories about Rabbi Yehuda Nesiyah. This is not Rabbi Yehuda Nesiyah, as we've mentioned. This is the Amora. 
Gazer Tanisa, he decreed a fast. Okay, so this is various Gedolim who decreed fasts and how it worked out. So he, he decreed that there's going to be a fast because obviously there was a lack of rain. So Bai Rachamay Blasimitra, but then the rain didn't come. So Amar, Kama Ikami Shmuel Haramasili, Yehuda ben Gamliel. So he lamented, look, when Shmuel Haramasi, right? Shmuel the Navi was called Shmuel Haramasi, we've seen. When he decreed rain, it would fall. And look at me, Yehuda ben Gamliel, I can't get the rain to fall. I just don't have as much schuyos. Our door generation, we're stuck. Woe to anybody who's born in our generation. I'm, 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 they, they have to deal with me as a God of Ador. We're, we're our generation. Look at the Hiskatnas Adoros. When this turned into its form of depression, the rain came. As we will see uh, continuously in this daf, it's almost like Hashem waits uh, for us to reach that real state of de- depression or desperation. And it is in that truly right anguished state where the most sincere prayers come out, the Hashem almost like waits for it before he answers. So that's what happened in that particular case. At that point, it started to rain. Okay. So now, uh, let's talk about halachas based on whether or not he could declare a fast. The court of the Nasi decreed the fast. And no one told Rabbi Yochanan Rish Lakish about it. Let's safra odiyinu. In the morning, they were told that they did, in fact, proclaim a fast. So I'm like Rish Lakish to Rabbi Yochanan. We already ex- accepted the fast upon us last evening. So I'm right? Rabbi Yochanan answered Rish Lakish anan basrayu girarinan. It's unclear exactly what he meant. He said that we're we are included in that fast. Rashi says it means gurarinu meshuchin anu achreim uchemisha kibanu aleinu. It's included as if we were Mechabel, the fast, with them. Okay, I'm not 100% sure. I've taught my tongue to say any Yodea, I guess, from Rabbi Gross. Uh, hopefully I won't be imbalanced with that and just not, a, not understand anything or try to even explain it. But here, this is a really a little bit, um, a little bit difficult to understand exactly what it means, but the basic shot is that we are included in that fast uh, of the Nasi retroactively, okay? Which I guess is a Chiddush, right? In other words, even though we did not, we were not aware at the time, if we incidentally had already declared our own personal fast at the time, we're considered as if we have participated in the fast of the Nasi. Story time. The Tanita, the Korean Nasi decreed a fast for loss of Mitra and the rain didn't come. Tanalahu Oshaya as a response to Shaya, who is the, the, the Zeira, the, which is like the Zion and Tzadik interchangeable. He was the Tzair, the youngest in the yeshiva. And he quoted to them the following price. It says like this. Right, this is talking about, right, when the, when, like the Parhelm Dover Shot Sibor, right, when the Sanhedrin, they, they uh, forget. So, um, and they make an error. So Marshall, let's give you the Marshall to explain what we're talking about. How does that have to do with the lack of rain? As follows, says the Gemara. Marshall Lechala. Right, we're going to compare this to Kala. She She is still in her father's home. You look at the eyes. I look at the teeth. But anyway, they also used to check the teeth. But when they look at the eyes, then you know that everything is good. You don't have to start examining further. Something up with her eyes. Everything needs bedika, which is another way of saying like this. In other words, uh, he's talking about the leadership. The leadership. Why is there no rain? Because uh, the fish stinks from the head. It's a little bit not nice, but he's saying basically, if our leader, because our leadership, 
uh, is not what it ought to be. So now we have to examine uh, the rest of the followers, which is to say, again, and this is also happens in politics, right? Uh, if things are going well, economically or whatever, or piecewise, then the high likelihood is that whoever the leader is is going to get the credit, is going to get reelected. If things are going poorly, so then people assume it's all coming from the top, and then reelection is unlikely. So this is, again, what he was saying, that when you're talking about um, the lack of rain, it's showing the, you know, Hashem's displeasure, right, with the Nazis' court and the people, uh, etc. But he, that, that's his way of saying, Lakala, you judge from the eyes, and if you know that that's okay, so then you don't have to look further. So here he's saying, if we're not getting rain and things aren't going well, so then you have to start from the top in, in analyzing why we don't have this chus. Well, this was definitely something that was derogatory towards the Nazis' court, and it was not lost on them. Also, Avde. The Nazi's servants came. I mean, it's a little bit of a chutzpah, Andrew. You got the youngest kid, brash kid, in, in, the, in the whole place, and he's complaining about the boss. That's, you know, that you, they wouldn't take kindly to that in, in, uh, in your company. So, uh, right, the intern um, speaking about the CEO. So also, Avdeh, the Nazi servants came. They threw a kerchief on his neck, and they began hurting him. It's starting to look like Taliban over here. So Amru lehub ne'i so the people of the place came to him. So basically like this. Oshaya showed up from some town. And he was known as being this guy, right? That guy who's always like kind of brash and, and saying these brash things. And so it was, they didn't take kindly to it when he showed up at the yeshiva and started talking about, you know, the Nasi. So they started like waterboarding him, basically. But the people from his community knew him. They said, oh, come on. We know him from Shul. He's just that kind of guy. They said, Shavke, the Hanami Mitzarlai. He said, let him alone. This is just how he is. He, he annoys us like this, too. But we've gotten used to knowing that since everything he says, he's sincere. We've learned to not say anything and to just leave him alone. So you should also, therefore, leave him alone. Fascinating. Okay. Rabbi, Rabbi, another story. So Rabbi goes to Tainis. I've lost a picture. Rabbi goes to Tainis. And again, we see if, there, if it works, so you see that it's in the schus of the people and the schus of the Nasi, he, uh, the schus of the Rabbi, whoever's go, the, the Gadolador, who goes to the Tainis. However, if it doesn't rain, it's like depressing. Nachis Kamei Ilfa. Remember Ilfa? Remember Ilfa and Rabbi Yochanan? Ilfa was the one that went into business and was a huge Tamil Chacham. So, Ilfa went then before the Aron. The Amrile Rabbi Ilfi. Some said, but they already called him Rabbi Ilfi. Amr Mashivaruch. He said Mashivaruch when Mashiv Zika Morid Agashem veAlsa Mitra. So he said Mashivaruch. Big wind came. So he said Morid Agashem. Big rains came. So it worked like a charm. Amrile Mayovadach. They said, what kind? What are you doing? That's so right special. What that gives you the schus to do this? Amrile Dayerna Bekusa Dechika. Well, I live in a really. Poor village. The lace be chamer lekidusha vavdalta. People don't have wine for kidusha vavdalta. Terachna vaseina chamer lekidusha vavdalta. And I therefore exert myself, right, to bring wine for kidusha vavdalta. So be yotze everyone, so that everybody could be yotze. Mafkin lo hiyde chavasa. Be yotze everyone day chavasa. Right, v'chol mishoskin b'tzachet zibur. Right. It says v'chol shenosnim yain lekidusha vavdalta. Akash baruch hu yishalem sacharam. Right. We say that in Yikum Perkan. So this could be the source that when you bring Yain and Kiddush Lavdala, uh, you can 
Uh, in fact, that is uh, something that brings great merit. Eight lines from the bottom. Rav Iklalahu Asra. Rav came to a place that had a drought. Gazar Tainisa Velo Mitra. He decreed a fast, but the rain didn't come. Nachas Kamei Shlicha Litzipura. So, Shlich Tzibur goes down to the Aaron in the presence of Rav, and the Shlich Tzibur starts saying, Mashiva Ruach Venashav Zika. Wow, and just like had happened with Ilfa. All of a sudden, the wind comes. Amar Mori Degashim Vata Mitra. He says, Mori Degashim, the rain comes. Amar Lei, Mayo Vadach. He said, what do you do? Amar Lei, Mikri Dedariki Ana. I am a preschool teacher. Umar Krendel of Neaniyah Kivneyatiri. And amazing, I, t- I treat the rich kids like the poor kids. Or the poor kids as, as, as the rich kids. V'chol Dulo Efshalei, Lo Shaklinim Neimidi. And moreover, those who can't pay, I don't, I don't take from them. V'isli Pira Dechavri, and beyond that, I have a fish pond. In other words, I have my own little side hustle. Whenever I have a kid who's kind of like off the D and I don't think it's going well, I take him and I bribe him with some fish and I uh, work it out with him. Like I, I, I work it out that uh, he's involved with the fish or maybe I help him, have him help with the fish, or maybe I give him the fish, be that as it may, I make sure that everyone's in line, whether they're rich or they're poor, it doesn't matter where they're from, I try to care for each and every one of the children in my class. And if I see him late, I appease him, until he's ready to come study. Quite a beautiful Rebbe indeed, and therefore in that schus, he's, um, he was zoichet to bring the reins. Good. Another story. Rav Nachman Gazer Tainisa and Bar Yerachman Velasa Mitra. So Rav Nachman was Gazer that there should be a Tainis, but the rains didn't come. Amr Shaklul and Nachman. He said aloud, "Take Nachman Chavotim in Gudalara, throw him down from the top of the wall to the ground, blow me down," as Papa used to say. Chalash Daite, and he became dejected. Velasa Mitra. He became very dejected, and as we said, once he became right depressed, the rains did indeed come. Along those lines, Rabba Gazer Tainisa, Rabba made a fast and Bar Yerachman Velasa Mitra. And again, he prayed for Rachamim, but the rains didn't come. So I'm like, Rabbi Yehuda, Kiyava, Gazer, Tainisa, Asimitra. Uh-oh. This is not good. Rabbah had, was Gazer, and people recall that when Yehuda was the Rashiva and he was Gazer, it did work. So why it's not working for Rabbah? Is it possible that Rabbah doesn't have as many schuyas as Rabbi Yehuda? So he said to them, listen, Amr Lahu, my Ovid, what do you want me to do? Imishim Tanuya, you're going to say because I learn. Let me tell you, we learn better now than we used to. Uh, our learning is greater now. In the days of Yehuda, everything that they learned as we turn to Chavdal and Abbez, Beneziki and Hava, they were just a pure yeshivish, right, Mahalach, where they're learning just Nezikin. The, uh, intensely, right? That used to be the raid. Their, their rotation was, you know, all the bubbas. Maybe Sanhedrin once in a while, Marcus, but basically the order of Nazikin. We're learning all Shisha Sidra Mishnah. So we're greater in learning. And not only that, whenever Rabbi Yehuda would get to matters of Uktsin, which is some esoteric Mishnayas, like for example, the following Mishnah, the esoteric halacha of a woman preserving vegetable in a pot, whether it's Makabal Tumah, or which it sounds like it should be in Uksin, but really it's in Taurus. But you get the idea. Olives that were preserved together with leaves, what is and what isn't Taur, esoteric stuff, as we already learned in Masecha Sukkah, the concept of Yodos, and whether a handle of a fruit becomes Tameh, whether the Right, the leaves become tame. These are esoteric things. When they learned it in the Shiva of Yehuda, 
Amar, he would say, I need here to, to incorporate the penetrating analysis of Rav Shmuel. How that They needed the help of Rav Shmuel to start understanding what they were talking about. But us, we, are, we got that down pat. We teach Uktsin in 13 different yeshivas in the city. In other words, Rav, Rav is saying, we're all over Uktsin. We have it, it's like in the back of our hands. So we're greater in learning. So I don't, I can't tell you that Rabbi Yehuda has the greatest chus than we do in learning. So what, so what are you going to say? Right? And if Rabbi Yehuda would remove, and yet, despite our, oh my gosh, thank you. It, 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 despite our um, superiority, you'll say, in learning, if Rabbi Yehuda would just remove one shoe, Ati Mitra, the rain would come. Here we're, we're making, crying out all day. And nobody pays us any mind. Wow. So that, I don't understand why he's listening more to Rabbi Huda than to us. If you're going to say it's because of the learning, can't be. If you're going to say it's because of my maizim toivim, let me tell you something. If there's anyone who ever saw me do anything wrong, tell me. Lema, say something. Well, that doesn't sound nice. <laughs> he says, he's blaming it on his generation. He says, what, is, what am I supposed to do? I'm the God of the door. And Nebuch, I got like a bad, I got a bad door. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a great, I'm a great God of the door. But my generation happens to be a bunch of ice forbs. So he's putting it back on the Talmidim. Well, just from there, you could see, well, a little insight as to maybe why Rabbi Yehuda was greater, but who knows? So Rabbi Yehuda, so by the way, how did Rabbi Yehuda, uh, uh, how do we know that he got the rain? This was the story of what happened with Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda has a Hanu Rabbi Yehuda saw two people. They were throwing bread. They were having a food fight. Okay. Amar, he said, He said, this is like, you know, um, I can see that there's too much abundance in, in, in the world. I once heard a comedian talk about, um, you know, this custom some people have of throwing money into water fountains. He said, this is why the terrorists hate us. They, you know, pay, you know these. The, the, um, okay, right. You, you have disadvantaged places where they don't have a lot of water and they don't have money, and the Americans are just taking money and randomly throwing it for no reason into giant fountains gushing out water. The abundance and the conspicuous consumption is a little bit much. Anyway, so he sees that they, they, there's so much food that they're having food fights. They don't have respect for this. So So he looked at them. Uh, sideways, and sure enough, it turned into a famine. You usually see Rabbi Yehuda a lot. Can you uh, actually call, arrange it so that you ask him a shayla or something, make some, something go on so you can go into the shuk and see the real poverty, right? Apparently Rabbi Yehuda was like mostly always in the base medrash, didn't really pass the usual marketplace, and it wasn't really true that there was abundance. It happened to be these two guys uh, were disrespectful and had a food fight. But in general, there was in fact a famine. They really needed the food. So So he was able to arrange that Rebuto passed the marketplace and he saw that actually, sure enough, there was a crowd of people. And, and he said, He said, what's going on? It was the lines reminiscent of the, right, the food, the soup kitchen lines in the days of the Depression, Right. There's one container of dates and you got to line out the door 
to get to this one container, right, so that all the population could share it. In other words, there's a big famine. I see that there's a severe famine. So he says to his shamish, take off my shoes, right? The little discomfort that would cause Rabbi Yehuda would be enough merit for the whole world. He takes off one shoe. Right away the rains came. When he was about to remove the second shoe, Asa Elio, Elio, Navi himself came to Amalei, and he said, Amar Kadosh Baruch Ishafta Achrina, if you were to remove the second shoe, I'm going to destroy the whole world. Which is a couple of um, possible explanations for it, but the bottom line is, right, in other words, you did not need to remove the second shoe. Maybe it would mean that it's not worth it to take the second shoe because Rabbi Yehuda himself doesn't need to suffer anymore for more rains to come. So I'm a Mari brother of Shmuel. So at the end of the story, right, Mari, the son of Shmuel's daughter, said, Ana hava kamina papa. I was standing on the bank of the what? Papa River. On the day that Rebuda brought the rain, and the Malachim looked like sailors on the ocean. They're bringing sand, loading cargo boats. By the time they reach to the shore, it miraculously turns into flour. And then they sail, and the entire population comes, right? This population that was starving comes to get this fine flour. And he said to them, don't buy from that flour. You don't need to buy the magic dust. The mice nisim who? Because that is a product of a miracle. Maybe you shouldn't mess with the mice nisim. It's best whenever possible to get your parnasa um, and get your food from natural sources. Okay. Um, so the next day, they brought the wheat from Parzina, and that was real wheat boats, and the famine was thus relieved in a natural way, and that is the preferable way to try to stay within the world order. Fascinating. Okay, another story about praying for rain. Rava Hagronia. He came to the city of Agronia and Gazer Tanisa. So he was Gazer Tainis because there was a fast, because there was uh, no rain. Velasa but the rains didn't come. Armalu. Bisukuleyama Saihu. Pass, right, the night, all of you in your fast, meaning don't eat tonight. The next day, they reassembled. He said, Whoever had a dream, let him say. In other words, what Rafa was trying to do was gauge whether there was chuyos in this town. He says, nobody, nobody eat tonight. Let's see if anybody has a dream. So Amalu, Rabbi Lazar Mehagronia, sure enough, Rabbi Lazar Mehagronia shows up and he says, I did, in fact, have a dream. Shlom tov, l'rav tov, miribun tov. And the dream said, good greetings to the good teacher from the good master. From he who dispenses all good, which is to say, Hashem says, send regards to the good master. So Amar, so Rav said, He said, okay, so I see it's an ace rasson. He didn't want to, you know, waste the tightness. He says, He says, now we could pray. He says, now that I know that's an ace rasson, we could pray. And sure enough, they prayed and the rains came. One more minute, maybe we have time for one more story. And then we will resume tomorrow with Rav Papa, who's about 11 lines up from the bottom. We have 10 more minutes the rest of this week, but let's do some Zos Hanukkah here. A certain person was sentenced to, um, to Makas in Rav Bezin. Why? He was with a Kusis woman, which you're not supposed to do. Nagde Rav Omis. Rav had him uh, flogged, but then he died in the course of the Malkas. That became known to the king Shapur, right, who was uh, a Persian emperor, and he didn't like that. 
So he he wanted Balat Sarui Rabbi. He wanted to punish Rava. Amalei Ifra Hormiz Ime the Shvur Malkal He says Ifra Hormiz, the mother of King Shapur, didn't like it. He said to his son, Don't mess with the Jews. Because whenever you mess with them, whatever they ask from Hashem, he grants them. So maybe instead, I don't want to mess with the Jews that are here. I don't want to uh, delay them. And so maybe we should stop here and we'll continue and finish that story with what happened in that particular place. And Bezrat Hashem, tomorrow we will pres- resume with Daf Chaf Hey, Chanukah.